Welcome to Frontline Static, a podcast that helps bridge the gap between healthcare workers and first responders and everything in between. Hey everyone, I can't believe we're on episode 9 of Frontline Static, and this week I had the opportunity to interview my friend, Shannon, who is Director of Critical Care Services at Quia Health in Visalia, California. She talks about her favorite parts of being in leadership, and she also talks about the qualities that she looks for in a good leader. So without further ado, here is my interview with Shannon. Hey, Shannon, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. So tell everybody a little bit about who you are, um, your nursing career, and where you are right now. Sure. So my name is Shannon. Um, I am currently the Director of Critical Care Services at Cuya Health in Visalia, California. Um, I have been with Cuya Health for about 14 years. Uh, I started, I went into nursing school right out of high school. I went to Fresno State, uh, graduated with my bachelor's in 2009, and started working in the medical ICU at Cuya. I worked there for about four years and then became the house supervisor uh, for Cuya in 2013. And I did that for about six years. And in October of 2019, I accepted a position as a nurse manager of what was going to become the cardiovascular intermediate critical care unit. It was not open at the time, but we were planning to open it. Um, And we did open that unit in May of 2020. And I continued in my manager role um, until May of 2021, at which point I accepted the director of critical care services position. Um, and I currently oversee the medical surgical neurotrauma ICU, the ICU step down, the rapid response team, critical care float pool, and our nurse practitioner team. That's awesome. And for those people that are listening, like I'm going to tell you my first impression of you when I met you, and you can tell me if it's any different. Okay. But okay, I was just a baby ICU nurse. Well, actually, I think I was still a tech. And, um, I saw you one day and you just like took me under your wing and there's something that you told me that I will never forget. And I always take it with me. And I always, now that I'm mentoring and precepting new flight nurses and new people, I tell them the exact same thing. I tell them you took me in your patient's room. You're like, this is how you do a physical assessment. This is the right way to do it. And you said, this will never fail you. Mm-hmm. You do a good physical assessment. It will never fail you for your critical care patients. And I do that every single time and every single patient that I show up to. And that just kind of stuck with me. My other um, uh, impression that I had of you that I was like, okay, this girl is tall. She's beautiful and she's smart. Like, how do I be her when I grow up? Well, you'll never be tall. I know I will never be, I will (laughs) never be. But I just love that about you. About you, I knew you were always a leader. I always looked up to you as a leader. Um, and you know, those were just like my first impressions of you. And I just knew that you would always go so far in your nursing career. So I'm not surprised that you are where you are right now. And I just can't wait to see like where you continue to grow. That's so sweet of you. I, I love what you said about the physical assessment, because I still tell staff that to this day, um, as I coach them and I counsel them and we, we go through their performance evaluations and we talk about, you know, their skills. And I, I tell them that in an ICU setting, especially your, your assessment will never fail you. 
Um, and it's so important to notice those subtle changes. And so learning the basics and how to do that is really important. So it's funny that that's been my mantra for so long, I guess, but um, it is very true. And what do I remember about you? I do remember when you were at tech um, and you were bubbly and you were fun and you like to have a good time and you like to eat donuts. I remember all of that good stuff. Um, but I, I remember um, just watching you kind of grow into that role and um, with your first preceptors, learning how to manage your time and how to just get everything done. But you grew so quickly and you blossomed into that role so well. Um, and you learned and you took on challenges and um, you just tackled it. So you have that like very spunky personality. You're not afraid of hard work, um, which is why I think we are so drawn to each other um, because we like a challenge. And uh, I definitely saw that in you and I continue to see that in you, which is which is really fun. So, uh, yeah, we, we do go back a ways and it seems like we still have a lot of the same tendencies we did then. Yeah, we do. We enjoy having a good time together. And we That's spent a little bit of time um, being managers together. You kind of talked me going back to uh, Kuiya for a short amount of time. And I really loved that because I felt like, um, and, and you can tell me if you, you think this too, a lot of people get into leadership positions who don't necessarily see themselves in leadership positions, but are kind of chosen. Right. And um, they kind of that has to be fostered by someone who sees it in them, too. And I think that um, going back was a little bit. Um, I felt that from you, too, that I didn't see myself as a manager, but you said, you know, I think that you would be really good at it. So how important is that now as you're looking for managers um, that you're overseeing for these units? Um, what are some qualities that you're looking in um, that? leadership to be a strong manager for these, uh, these floors? You know, it's, it is funny because a lot of times people uh, don't see themselves as managers. And if you had asked me 10 years ago, what I would be doing, I would have never dreamed I would be in leadership and hospital administration. Um, but I think to be a good manager, you have to really care about people. Um, and you have to really be committed to helping them grow and learn um, whatever that takes, whether that's constructive criticism, whether it's coaching and counseling, whether it's discipline. Um, and so you have to really be able to have those conversations, the good ones and the bad ones and the hard ones. You have to really care about people enough uh, to do that for them and to be honest with them and to, to tell them where they stand and how they can grow and challenge them. So being a manager is not about just saying like, we're setting the bar here, like way up here. Um, it's saying we're setting the bar way up here and this is how we're gonna help you get there. And we're gonna check in with you and we're gonna hold you accountable to make sure that you're doing X, Y, and Z. Um, and so uh, caring about people enough to invest in them in that way um, and being able to understand that your role is no longer to care for patients, but to grow staff to do that for you. Um, and so that can be a hard transition for a lot of people because they, they miss the patient care or they feel like they're going to lose their skills. Um, and you are, you're going to lose your patient care skills, but you develop a new set of skills. And those are leadership skills and their um, skills in having difficult conversations and how to listen to your employees. So you are, in essence, exchanging one skill set for another. <clears throat> um, and that can be hard sometimes for people to understand, but really being a good manager, taking it back is just really caring enough about the people to do the difficult things um, to help them be successful. Yeah. And that was my favorite part about being a manager because it was, I felt like not only like serving 
the people that worked under me, but also having those one-on-one conversations with them to coach them or mentor them to help them get to their goals and where they want to be. It's almost like taking on a different um, approach. Like you're not helping the patient anymore at bedside. You're helping the people who are helping the patients. Yeah. And one of the coolest things for me was I, when I was the manager of five tower, the CVICU stepped down, um, I had the opportunity to build that team. And I, we went from basically ground zero. I hired 102 people um, to build that team. And so I really, I was fortunate. I got to hand pick them and felt, you know, kind of spoiled by that, but I challenge them always to live your truth, right? Do what you want to do, work hard, put in the hours, put in the time. And when I told them that I was interviewing for this director position and then you know, informed them that I was going to be leaving for this. Of course, they, they said, you know, we're going to miss you so much. But by and large, the overwhelming response was, it's so cool to watch you chase your dream. And so I, I tell that to them, live your truth. And then for them to get to see me do that was just really amazing. And I, I guess I didn't realize how much I pushed them to do that until this opportunity came up. And they said, you know what, it's, it's so cool to watch you chase your dream and to work hard and to look for that challenge. So, um, being in management has a lot of different opportunities and you have a lot of ways to mold your staff. And so I love that. I think it's, it's not for everybody, but I think it's, I love it so much. It's fantastic. And what would you say to some of the people, because I think that leadership positions, whether it's manager, director, administration, um, in nursing, it's so uh, people aren't, saying that that's immediately what they want to do or see themselves doing it. So what would you say to people who are kind of thinking about going into those roles? Um, Like, what are some of the things that you love about it? And what would you say to them who are thinking about possibly doing it for their future in nursing? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, for me, my pivotal role in my career was becoming a house supervisor because I really started to see some of the administrative type decisions and to have sort of that global oversight for the organization um, and resource allocation and staffing and policies and procedures. So really getting to kind of see that. And then that's really what helped me know that I wanted to go into leadership. And then I went back and got my master's in leadership during that you know, window of time. But for people who are on the fence, you know, um, if, if they're not sure, getting into some sort of intermediate type leader role, like maybe a charge nurse or a preceptor or um, assistant nurse manager, or even asking the manager in your current unit, like, hey, is there any tasks I can help with? You know, there's, there's always audits and there's time cards and there's a lot of things that happen beside, behind the scenes. Um, and so if you're curious or not sure, um, you know, if it's for you getting into some sort of intermediate leadership role is a really good stepping stone. Um, and then once you get into that role, you just really try to to see what's going on, what happens behind the scenes. Um, and, and you will eventually determine if, you know, yes, this is the direction I want and I want to do more, or this is not for me. But um, I think you have to go into it with an open mind, knowing that every manager leads differently. Their style is different. Um, there's right and wrong ways to do it. Um, but there's a lot of different styles and different ways to approach it. And so just being mindful of that, knowing how to get the job done, but then adding your own personal little flair to it is what really makes it fun. Yeah. And I think um, I love that you said that just getting into some form of leadership, whether it's, you know, being a charge nurse or taking over tasks for your manager, like those are little things that I think a lot of people do, but they don't realize that they're already taking those roles on. So, um, 
you know, I think I, that was great for you to mention that because a lot of people have already done that. So they know that they can, they can take on a role as a manager if, or an assistant manager, if that's what they want to do for the future, mm-hmm. because they've already been kind of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And also what I like to, and what I've always enjoyed about working together with you is that we always have a good time. For sure. We always have fun. And, you know, I remember, you know, just going back for the short amount of time that I was the manager there, um, sitting in a meeting and it was about Cotty and Club C. And it's like, you know, some of these things aren't fun, but I love to have a good time. And I tried to get my staff to having a good time too. So what are some of the things that you can do um, despite, you know, all the responsibilities that you have and working in these critical units, what are some of the things that you do to just have fun with your staff? Yeah, I definitely love to have a good time. Um, especially in my current role, I oversee the two critical care COVID units. Um, and so that has a lot of emotional challenges of its own. And so when I came into this role, one of my goals was really just to help the team bond um, and to take a step away and to remember that it's okay. Yes, we have a very important job to do, but we also have to have fun and we're humans and we're not robots and we're going to shed a tear or two or three, but we have to have fun. So um, we've had numerous dress up days uh, since I started. We had nurses week in May um, where there was a different dress up day every week. And so I rounded with the staff. I had awards for the best dress each day. I bought a trophy that we share between the ICU and the ICU step down. So whichever unit has the best participation, we pass that back and forth. It's kind of like a little rivalry between the teams. Um, we had a locker decorating competition for Halloween. I dressed up as little Bo Peep. We had a Toy Story theme for Halloween for the critical care unit. So we all dressed up and I was little Bo Peep with like my cap and my staff and my big poofy dress. Um, and, you know, it's really interesting because uh, the staff need that reminder that we are humans too. And we like to have fun. Um, and so those have been some of the ways um, we do things. We also, um, we have a hand hygiene program here called BioVigil. And um, it's, we struggle to get staff participation. And so about six weeks ago, I would say we started in the ICU, what was called BioVigil Olympics. And so from Monday to Monday, I monitored their usage. And then at the, the following Monday, at the end of that, I awarded a gold, silver and bronze medal to the top three users. And then during the week, I would post like little Olympic memes. I would send a group the Olympic theme song from YouTube into their emails to like try to get them engaged and paying attention. So I try to find little ways to make not so fun tasks fun or, and to help them see the value and why we do these things, but to make it fun at the same time. So yeah, I'm all about that. Um, we can never do too much of that to engage our staff and help them remember that it's okay to have fun at work. Yeah, that's awesome. I've always loved that. And I've always really enjoyed having a good time with you and whatever roles we were with each other. So that's yeah. really important. Yeah. Because the people you work with is really important. We spend a lot of time with them. Absolutely. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you balance, you have three kids at home, three little kids at home, how you're able to balance, uh, your responsibilities at work. And then, um, you know, a little bit of your home life as well, doing everything that you do with long hours. Sure. Um, I'm probably not an expert at this because I think I'm still uh, learning to manage that a little bit myself. Um, but one of the things that I will do um, if, if there's work that I need to do um, from home, I wait until either after my kids go to bed or I do it before my kids get up in the morning so that my time with them is pretty well protected. 
um, barring any emergencies that come up. But I, I try to, uh, I do try to silo it uh, to that time when they're in bed because they are young and, and they go to bed early. So I'm able to do that. Um, and then on the weekends, I really try. Um, every other Sunday, I do payroll on Sundays so that it does take some of my time and my kids know it's payroll Sunday and, and that's just part of it. Um, but on the off weekends when we don't have payroll and on the Saturdays, I really do try, I might check my email once or twice, look through there, make sure there's no emergencies. And then I really try not to do any work um, on the weekends because my family needs that from me and I need it for myself because I do work a lot of hours during the week. Um, and so I do need that time. So um, I'm still working on that. Um, trying to make my brain not think about work when I roll over in the middle of the night is something that I will probably always struggle with. Um, but I do try to practice that sort of take the weekends off as much as possible and uh, do my work after my kids are asleep. Yeah, I like that because I think a lot of us struggle with that in healthcare, especially um, those of us who feel like we need to be overachievers and um, I know I felt the responsibility as a manager too, like that these, this was my herd and mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure everything was good for them too, you know, and Absolutely. that sometimes was hard to shut off, mm -hmm. but I love how you said that you like the protected time with your kids because it's so slim and it's so precious and they are so little. So, um, mm -hmm. I think that's a hard thing for a lot of us to do that are in healthcare. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite part about your current position being a director? And maybe what is something that is your not so favorite part of it? My favorite part, I'll say my not favorite part. Okay. Um, it's payroll. Yes. It's, it's tough. I have about a hundred, uh, 120 ICU employees. The ICU doesn't currently have a manager. Um, and so I'm acting as the manager too. So, um, that that's probably my least favorite just because it's very kind of tasky, lots of mouse clicks. Um, but everybody's got to get paid. So it's, it's, a, it's worth it. Um, my favorite part is truly, it's going to sound so cheesy, but um, it's really watching people grow um, to, to give them a challenge and watch them rise to the occasion um, to identify a weakness in the units and find the people, encourage them to get involved, to be part of the solution. And then watching those conversations evolve organically as they take on that task and they take it seriously. Just for an example, um, at, at our organization, we are really trying to tackle Clabsies and Cotties. You mentioned that earlier. Um, and so we are really trying to tackle that and find ways to reduce them in the ICU. And as part of that, our UBC, our unit-based council is part of the shared governance model. We have like soup, we call them like champions for those different initiatives. So we have a couple CLABSI champions and a couple CAUTI champions. And just to sit in those UBC meetings and listen, talk, listen to them talk about solutions. And, you know, I was thinking we should try this. Or maybe we could ask the doctors to do this. And all of those things are solutions that they're coming up with. They're the boots on the ground staff. It just really gives me a sense of pride um, to know that they are um, taking that assignment seriously and that they are really wanting to be solution oriented to improve the quality of care. So that is probably my favorite part is to watch them grow into these roles and to take on responsibilities and just really exceed with them. Yeah. And I would have to say, like, I really looked up to you because we you know, you grew that unit in a time when COVID just happened. And I think a lot has changed for us in healthcare, us in critical care. Um, for, 
and for me personally, I feel like what we do is so important, especially right now yeah. um, with the pandemic and us as nurses, well, our, our position, our jobs, what we do is so important, especially in critical care. Um, so what would you say, yeah, as far as COVID, how has that changed um, you as a leader or you as thinking about your position as even just being a nurse? Yeah, COVID has changed a lot of things. Um, it, it's almost hard to even put into words um, what it is like to, to be in a COVID unit. The staff have been incredible. Um, they just have powered through the unthinkable. Um, being a leader during COVID is very different. Um, my previous role as the manager of Five Tower, we were not a COVID unit. And so I didn't have as much involvement with COVID processes as I do now and, and being exposed to it with my staff and, and their struggles with it. Um, so it has a lot of challenges and managing a team of COVID staff requires a lot of creative thinking, um, finding ways to build them up, even when they won't tell you what they need. Um, and so that's really being intuitive to knowing them as people, knowing what speaks to them, what their love language is. Do they love coffee? Do they love chocolate? Do they love bubble bath? Do they, and, and using those tools, those little bits and pieces that you learn about them and really using those to speak to them at the moments when they need it most. And sometimes it's a thank you card in the mail with a $5 Starbucks card and it gets delivered at just the right moment to their home. And it's so very powerful. Um, and so being a leader in COVID really has a, we should always do that as leaders. We should always seek to know our staff that way. Um, but this is really a means of survival right now. This is, this is what keeps them engaged. And this is what keeps them coming back when there's so many other things that really could draw them away. So that is a challenge. Um, but something I love, and I've, I'm very passionate about staff recognition. I always have been, but I see the value in it even so much more now. And Last question for you, Shannon. Um, I think there's some people who see failure or um, not maybe getting the position that they want that they're not supposed to be doing it. And as far as leadership positions go, if someone really wants to be a manager or someone really wants to be a director, but they've applied many times and they haven't been accepted in that position, um, what's kind of advice now being in the position that you are that you would give them? Yeah, you know, it's, that's kind of a tricky question um, because different institutions look for different qualities and different units need different things from their leaders. So there's not like really a cut and dry um, answer for that. But I always go back to saying you can't go wrong with being kind um, and being a good team player. Um, and, and when I hire staff, I tell them they have to be kind, they have to know how to say please and thank you, and they have to work well as a team. And I would certainly expect that of any leader as well, because leadership starts at the top, right? And we are an example and it trickles down. Um, but I, I think if your heart is really in leadership and you, you've tried and, and it hasn't worked out for you, that you continue to seek out those opportunities, find ways to maybe get some additional experience. If, if you haven't been in management before, maybe reach out to your manager and say, hey, what, what are some things I can do to help? Or um, can I, can I train for charge nurse or try to find those little sort of intermediate opportunities, look for a supervisor position. Um, so maybe not quite management, but a good segue into that. So I think there's a lot of opportunities. Healthcare is wonderful like that. There's a million things that you can do. 
um, and uh, opportunities that you can kind of, you know, step stone into what you want to do. So keep at it. Um, don't be discouraged. Continue building your resume. Continue trying to learn and gain as many skills and as much knowledge as you can. And uh, hopefully the right time and the right place, you will land something. Yeah, that's great advice. And I was just thinking too, um, you know, I have a lot of people who are just starting out as nurses as well. So what piece of advice would you give uh, those new grads that are just starting out as nurses? Yeah, I always, I, I go back to be kind, right? Because we, we just get along so much better when we're all nice to each other. So it seems silly, but I, I say that to everyone. Um, but I also look for staff who are hardworking. They're going to take initiative if they are at work and they see a med that they don't know anything about. They look it up real quick, make sure it's compatible. They pass it. And then that night when they go home, like, I got to know more about this med. And they look it up and they do a deep dive or maybe it's a rhythm or something like that. So we want you to be a self-starter. We want you to be um, aggressively engaged in, in acquiring more information um, and then to take criticism, right? We're not perfect. We all make mistakes. We all have opportunities to grow. So I always ask that staff are receptive and that they will listen to their, their preceptors or their mentors or more experienced nurses or their leaders. And, and from every opportunity and every discussion that is presented to them, there's always something that we can improve upon. So I just ask them to be open-minded and receptive and to look for opportunities to grow. Yeah, I love that. And I've just appreciated our friendship over the years. I've appreciated you've been a friend and a mentor to me. I've always looked to you, um, gone to you for certain questions that I've had about my career. And it's just always been fun. And um, I just can't wait to see how you're going to grow and the positions you're going to go into later on. Well, thank you so much. It's been great working with you. And I learned a lot from you too, as we've, we've worked together over the years. And um, yeah, I definitely look forward to seeing all the great things you're going to do as well. Well, thanks, Shannon, for being on today. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. You too. Bye. I loved Shannon's message of be kind and chase your dream. I think those are two things that some of us forget to do along the way. It is Christmas Eve today as I'm publishing this podcast, and so I hope everybody is just ready for the big day tomorrow, and I hope everybody stays safe and enjoys the holiday. Talk to you soon.